Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Uncorked with Funny Wine Girl. This is Funny Wine Girl, a.k.a. Janine Luby. And this week, uh, my guest is Megan Alpert, who is the founder of Joy World Wealth Partners. And for those of you who listen on a regular basis, you know the drill. If not, if you're new, I always like to say how I'm connected with my guest if they were introduced to me through someone else. Uh, if I've known them forever, if I'm meeting them for the first time, et cetera, et cetera, because here's why. I think it is so important that we connect with other people. I think curiosity is important. The more that we are curious, the more we want to learn, the more that we want to meet different people, and our lives are always enriched by that. And I think it's important that you might meet someone and just like, maybe you have a bad day. I've had those days where you don't really pay attention to their name or whatever, or you say, I'm not good with names or I'm not good with faces. I just think it's important that we're good humans and that we just kind of pay attention to people, what they're all about, keep their business card or, you know, keep keep in somewhat contact with them because you know what's going to happen eventually. You might say, huh, I think I know someone who does that. And you might be able to connect them with someone else. You might be able to help them out through their business or personally or professionally, or they might be able to help you out. So I just think it's so great that we connect and that we're open to growing our network and continuing to connect with people throughout our lives so that we continue to learn and enrich our lives and enrich the people around us. So I met Megan when I was donating blood at her business. Her business was holding a drive. You'll learn about that in this week's episode. And uh, I should also say I had to edit a little bit with this week because of the, uh, I guess it was the internet connection on my side that caused some hiccups. So I did not get to say at the end, I mentioned that Lynn is coming up as a future guest of Now and Zen and Troop Soups, but I have some excitement to share that in the coming weeks. I will also have Lisa Van Arsdale, who's doing a one-woman show. Lisa joins a cult, but I will also have on the candidate for PA, Pennsylvania State Attorney General, Keir Bradford Gray. Uh, along with um, Emily Hickox will be joining in April talking about financial literacy and how that can be tied to emotional uh, abuse, um, domestic violence, domestic abuse. It's a form of abuse. Uh, I will also be talking with uh, Adrian Cotton. I think that's how you pronounce her last name. I'm just meeting her for the first time talking about menopause. I am so excited to talk about that one, you guys, because you know I'm going through perimenopause. So a lot of great guests, and I could not remember them all when I finished my closing for the episode, so I'm doing something different this week, and I'm putting that up at the top. Uh, as I said, I had to do a little bit of editing this week, so hopefully it comes out smoothly. Bear with me. I appreciate you guys. Now, without further ado, let's talk to Megan. I have to say I was drawn in by the name. Uh, Megan has a business, Joy World Wealth Partners, and I saw that the blood drive back in the fall was there, and I thought, one, I had not heard of this business, uh, but two, I loved the name of it. It was so positive. I'm like, I'm going to go to this blood drive. So I donated blood, and then afterwards, you get to go to the canteen. For those of you, I've done jokes recently for, I say, I joke that I uh, have to say it at blood donation weight, so all you skinny biatches out there, you're welcome because I just keep eating carbs so I can keep donating. <laughs> but um, I was led to the canteen where you get to have your cookies of my carbs that I love and, uh, you know, some juice so that you don't pass out because that happened to me when I first donated when I was 18. And Megan, uh, who has uh, Wealth Joy World Wealth Partners and who is running the blood drive uh, in honor of a good friend of hers, 
who had passed, um, started talking with me. We were chit-chatting and I started telling her about the podcast and about a variety of things. And that's how we got connected. So I am really excited to have this conversation for a variety of reasons, because I always want to learn. Good morning and welcome, Megan Alpert. How are you? Good morning, Janine. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Well, and I want to say before I, I, I'm going to start off already not doing what I said I was going to do. No, I want you to share about your background, but I also want to give you an opportunity to say, like when I met you that day um, with the blood drive, you were doing that in honor of a friend. Do you want to just talk briefly? I, I know we didn't say we we're going to talk about this, but I just think why you were doing that and the value of, of how uh, blood donations can save lives. Absolutely. I think it's um, definitely part of um, my story and the story of Joy World. So It'll be four years that um, my dear friend, Lindsay Connor Stetson, um, had a courageous battle with cancer and um, sadly passed away. And um, throughout her journey, she was given so many hundreds of pints of blood. And it was her, her, her ask of us, can we um, you know, give back? So of course we would donate um, on our own, but we, we wanted to do something bigger and more powerful. And we called the Red Cross and we had never hosted a blood drive. We had just launched the business in July. And they said, absolutely, yes, they came and we did it and we were successful. I mean, we had 19 donors. Thanks for you for, for being one of them, Janine. And um, I believe we saved, um, I can't remember exactly the total, but a few hundred people, lives. That's great. And, you know, it's cool. And again, for those of you, I understand there's many reasons why people cannot donate. So I'm not, I'm not, you know, trying to, you know, diss anyone at all. Um, but if you do donate or if you want to try it and I get the app and I think it's so cool when you get the app from the Red Cross, maybe you get a cool t-shirt. I've gotten hats, I've gotten lunch bags, you name it. But now with the app, you can actually follow uh, your blood journey. Like I've seen my, uh, my blood has stayed, stayed here in Northeast PA, but it's also gone up to a hospital, I think in upstate New York, Maryland. I don't care as long as it's helping people, but it's also kind of cool too, from a, uh, I don't want to say selfish perspective, but somewhat for a self-care perspective, you kind of, you can keep track too of your um, blood pressure. They take your iron, uh, your hematocrit level, which is your iron in your blood. And that stays in the, in the app too. So, you know, it's kind of interesting. I'm like, hmm, boy, I had lower blood pressure then. <laughs> You know, and I you know, look at stuff. So that's kind of cool. But I think it's really neat to see the journey of the blood too, to see where it goes. And it just, it makes you feel good to know that like this is helping people. So thank you, Megan, though, for holding that. And I, I have to say, I truly was drawn to the name Joy World. And you told me this story, which I loved. But before we get into that and your business endeavors, um, tell me a little bit and tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, so I grew up in Dunmore, Pennsylvania to my wonderful parents, Bill and Kathy McDonough, um, the oldest of four children. And I was lucky enough to meet my boyfriend, now husband, my high school sweetheart. I married my best friend and we've been together for many, many years, more than half of our lives. And we have three incredible children. Jack is a freshman in high school. Ben is in seventh grade and Audrey's in second grade. And I have to also bring up that I have two lovely little fur babies, two mini Cavapoos named Francine and Ricky. So that's our little family unit. We are a tight unit for sure. So, uh, you know, as I mentioned, you can't shit in Scranton. So you're McDonough. I'm wondering, we have to talk offline if I'm related. Are you related to the Ives by any chance? No, but I know them very well from Dunmore. 
Okay. All right. Yes. Because I'm related to uh, Carl and Kathy Ives. And I, I know I'm also, there's McDonough's in the, in the works there somewhere. So that's funny. I'm like, okay, you never know who you're related to. You never to know. <laughs> if you ask enough questions, you're probably related. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just be careful of that before you get married folks out there. But <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about, so I loved, again, I just love the name of your, your practice. And, and I'll admit at first, I was like, I never heard of this business. Tell me what, what led to you starting this and the story behind, like, I remember a little bit the day you were telling me uh, when I was there at the canteen for the blood donation that, you know, that uh, you talked about the naming of your business was really important. And I think you said you even talked about it with your, if I'm not mistaken, uh, some of your children about it, but Mm -hmm. share with me, like how you got to, to this point and how you named your business. Cause again, I just think it's a very positive thing, which is, is great to see in a business right off the bat, the name of the business. Thanks. Thanks for, thanks for saying that we, we love it too. And it's a very uh, special story. And I alluded to it before with the blood drive. Um, so I've, I've been in the financial services industry um, since I'm pretty much out of college, almost 20 years, um, 19 of them with the same firm, which is pretty rare. Um, my background was actually in psychology. I always thought I would be a school psychologist. I loved children. I loved helping people and um, just wanted to do that route. Um, when I had got my first job out of college, I was actually a preschool teacher at a Merrill Lynch Family Center in New Jersey, where my husband and I, before we were married, um, had moved for a position for his work. And I met some amazing executives um, at Merrill that saw something special in me. And they had offered me an interview um, at the home office at that time. And I really couldn't imagine with the, with the psychology background what I would do in a financial services company. Um, but I really was able to get hired as an entry-level bookkeeper. And I love to say, learn the industry from the ground up, but really from the inside out. So I was able to work in the home office um, for a number of years, really learn and understand the industry. And we were supporting at that time wealth management practices in the branch office. And fast forward a few years um, ahead, we had moved back home to Northeast PA. My husband had had an opportunity and I was able to stay with the current firm. And there I was able to work as a client associate. So I was able to support large financial advisory teams and their clients. And I learned a lot of what I did like and what I didn't like. And um, through that period, I saw the need for female financial advisors because I saw a lot of couples coming in for meetings with their male advisors typically, and they would leave glazed over. They wouldn't be engaged in the conversation or sometimes they wouldn't come in at all. And that really was my driving force at that point to study on the night, at night and on the weekends while I I had two small little boys working full time and got my licensing, my series seven, my 66 and my insurance license. And from that point, I was ready to go into this financial advisor training program, which was 48 months long at the time and very, very competitive. Um, The success rate was very low, especially as a female. So I was uh, able to get through that with some great mentors and great help, build a great practice um, of loyal clients and help a lot of people, which was in my, um, in my DNA. And um, at that point I was able to find a partner, doubled my business in five years. And I just felt like very grateful for where I was. And um, they asked me to run the financial advisor training program. So I did that for five years after I graduated, which was so, so rewarding. And just to give back and, you know, lift up the next generation into the field. Um, And then um, I just kind of looked around during the pandemic, actually it hit, 
and things slowed down. And I really just looked at my values and looked at where I had been and felt a lot of gratitude, but I knew that there was something inside of me that I couldn't um, ignore. So I started exploring, talking to other professionals. I knew I needed to be in this industry, but it wasn't this in this capacity or at this firm any longer. So about 24 months, I say, I would say it took me um, of interviewing due diligence um, to figure out where I was going to be for the next 20 plus years. And um, I, I met this woman actually at a fitness class many years ago, and we just kept on reconnecting. She had been an independent female financial advisor, and she had introduced me to the firm that I ended up partnering with called Commonwealth Financial. And I really never thought about being an independent advisor, just being from a large wirehouse firm. It was all I had ever known. And um, she really opened my eyes to what was possible and what was next. And when I did my home office visit, I did about 10 home office visits. But when I went there, I just felt so at peace and so at home. It was like, I, I kept on going, but um, I, I knew in my heart that that was it. So circling back, you're able to name your own firm. So like they're, they are your back office. They are your support team, uh, Commonwealth Financial, which is great. But I was able to work with the marketing team within the firm to come up with um, key messaging, marketing, website. And that was the really fun creative part to say like, this is who I was, who am I moving forward? And, and the great story about the name is that at the time, my daughter and my two sons and I and my husband were sitting around talking about ideas and the marketing firm presents you with the names but my daughter said mom you should name your firm at the time she was six joy world because of Lindsay and um you know her legacy and the backstory to that is when Lindsay was sick she was very public about her um, journey and she had such an outpouring from her community and strangers um, going through similar situations that she and her husband actually started a foundation called Spread Joy. So it became a 501c3 um, probably within like a month before she passed away. So it's been our family's mission. I'm on the board of that um, nonprofit along with some other family and friends and close acquaintances of Lindsay's. And it's just been part of our world. So for my daughter at six to say that, we kind of brushed it off and giggled. And then I may have shared that. I definitely shared that with the marketing team that I worked with for 12 weeks. And they unveiled these four beautiful names at the end of our session. And the last one was Joy World Partners. And I just got this feeling over my body and chills. I was like, you know, so emotional about it because I had never thought that was going to be the name. And now it just seems like, of course, it's the name. <laughs> Why would we ever have thought anything different? So my daughter is eight now, and she calls herself the co-founder of Joy Road Wealth Partners. So she is pretty, uh, pretty impressive. <laughs> I'll say that's a resume for an eight-year-old. Good for her. <laughs> I love the young women that, that are going to be the future leaders because they're like already kicking butt, which is great. Right? It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I know. Well, a heck of a lot better than previous generations. We didn't, yeah, I'm still working on stuff <laughs> at 52. So good for her. Well, and, and that's wonderful that you, this is like a legacy to some degree, um, but it's got to also, I would say, influence how you do business, like, and people who you have there. How do you find that you do that in the work that you do? Like try and keep that joy, because I understand we all have stress and, and financial matters can create a lot of stress. So how do you have that positive attitude in the work that you do and then spread that on to your clients? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, 
it kind of goes back to, I've always been a seeker and I've always been, you know, the glass is half full type of a person. But I realized I was doing that like positive psychology where I was kind of like not getting down deep to like the difficult parts of the shame and the guilt and, and old things, old traumas, if you'll, you'll say. And I was just putting that on top. So during that pandemic period, I really looked inward and I was able to really do a deep dive. You know, it's painful to look inside. It's painful to look in the mirror and to, you know, and especially for me, because, you know, being in the financial services industry does not make you immune to the TV, the news. I mean, all the negative energy that's being thrown at us and especially in the world. So um, for me to actually do that work and feel safe in my own body with money and, and give my own situation the attention and the, like the watering, if you'll, if you will, um, it really made me able to help so many more people to find that sense of peace, joy, and ease when it comes to their finances. So I really do believe we're financial missionaries at Joy World. We really are out to make the world a better place. And it always goes back to, I love working with couples. It's my favorite thing to do to get them on the same page. But my passion is really to help women and to help young girls, because as you know, we are constantly inundated. Women are not good with money. Women are not good with math. You know, women are not like that's not true. And studies do show that, you know, when it comes to financial education, men and women are equally educated when it comes to personal finance, but women lack confidence, whereas men have more. And I do really believe that that just comes with, you know, education, attention, community, talking about it. Like I always say to give my clients um, a money date, take an hour each week, and just, you know, get into a good relationship, a positive relationship with your money, because we can't just avoid it. And I was guilty of it myself. So I understand, you know, money is emotional and it, it can be scary sometimes, but I, I don't like to, I don't like um, when shame and guilt or fear could hold us back because we, we don't have to do it alone. And um, there's always, there's always hope. Yeah. I mean, you said so many important things there and it's, um, Unfortunately, I think like I'm a Gen X or 52, we did not have any financial education. And I mean, I didn't take courses because, you know, back then there was that stereotype, but I'll admit what I gravitate toward, I'm a creative type. So I liked the English more. I liked the writing more. And, but there weren't, you know, there wasn't a focus on learn uh, about economy and budgets. And I think I'm glad to see someone posted recently on LinkedIn that it was going to be added to some curriculum somewhere like financial mm -hmm. literacy. And I think it is so important. I, um, I had Emily Hickox was um, a guest on not too long ago. And I said something about myself and feeling guilty. And she said, don't blame yourself. You know, it's don't, you know, don't take that shame. But I've had that because we didn't have that training. And I'll admit, I am not good with money, but I have to stop saying that and yes. start changing your old story. that. Yes, mm -hmm. that's right. It is my old story because money, it, it's, it's impactful and it is, it does cause uh, stress. It affects our mental health, our mental wellness, because if you're worried about paying the bills or you're worried about making a living and as a solopreneur, that's what I do worry about that affects mental health and uh, which is health. So yeah, you're absolutely right. I do have to change that story. And I think a lot of uh, women probably do. And it's wonderful to know that people like yourself are there to help them get through that. Absolutely. Because I really do look at it as um, like holistic financial planning, like exactly what you said, money intersects every part of our lives. And if we can, you know, give it that attention, create some plans, create some partnerships and, and realize that we're not perfect, we're going to have setbacks. Money is fluid. It's never going to be tied up in a neat bow and easy. We have ebbs and flows. Like, for example, you know, like you said, being a solopreneur, same with me. I took a, you know, a step back to take a giant step forward. 
you know, to believe in myself, obviously. And um, it's just, just to know that there's help, there's hope, and it doesn't have to be the way it always was. And sometimes those patterns are hard to break, but with accountability and trust and the right plan, you know, anything is possible, which is really so exciting. You mentioned, and I didn't have this on my initial, it's funny, I know Megan had asked for a list of questions because again, we have to be careful. You're not giving financial advice here. I know there are certain, uh, there are strict restrictions and we have to be careful, but I won't get into any of that, I assure you. But I, I just thought of something as you were talking about uh, young women. Um, do you do, besides obviously your daughter's going to be a kick butt female, is a kick butt female already. Do you do any work with uh, young women as far as educating on, uh, are there any programs that you're involved in or that you even know of that you support in the community that help young women to, to be, you know, ahead of the game, so to speak, so that they're yeah. ready when they have to budget and everything? Yeah, that, that's um. So like my children actually go to Howard Gardner and I'm really impressed with that school because they do a stock market challenge. They do a budgeting um, session and that's right in the middle school years, which I think is so incredibly important to like hear my seventh grader, you know, in fifth grade talking about, you know, his, his, his utility bills and his car payment and just things that, you know, you should be talking about with your children. But if you're not in the business and you weren't brought up that way and you don't have a passion for it, I could see how it just goes by the wayside. But um, it is my mission to really empower and educate more children. So I do it in my own practice, of course, with my clients. I have, you know, older people that I have baby boomers and of course their children come in and I get them started with their own account with, you know, their parents as custodians and teach them about just personal finance topics. But I'm really focusing on um, like health and wellness with, with women right now. But I know that there's so many great programs out there, um, but it's something that I'm interested in getting um, more, more involved with. But I had this intern um, this past summer and I had known her many years before we we danced together. She's much younger than me, but she ended up being my intern and uh, her mother works at Scranton Prep. So they actually asked me to speak on the industry um, there to the students, just talking about a career in wealth management, but of course, talking about personal finance and um, different tips and things like that. So that's definitely a passion and a mission for me. So um, more to come on that because I would love to have like an, an, you know, a get started with investing or get started with personal finance, more of that to come. It would be so valuable. It is everything that you're doing helps, but that would be great. Um, as also, as I was thinking of my conversation previously with Emily, cause Emily uh, was on about a month or two ago and she talked about how she talks to her kids about things like that. And she loves hearing them when they get their, you know, their uh, allowance or whatever. Like I have this much to spend. And I think that's wonderful because uh, the idea that money that doesn't grow on trees. So having kids understand that like there is a certain amount. And when you have that amount, what can you buy with it and things like that? But she brought up an interesting point and I'd like to ask you your thoughts on that. What do you say to parents who are like, oh, I don't, I don't want my young ones having to think like adults or I don't want them to worry about finances. I mean, there's obviously a way to go about it where you're trying to teach them. You're not trying to burden them. Mm -hmm. Well, it's interesting because I was just watching Good Morning America this morning and um, they were talking about, um, you know, age appropriate times to talk to children about money beginning in kindergarten, actually, because they said if you don't start talking to your children about money in a healthy way and include them in the conversation early on, um, then you'll you'll end up being like I'll say not putting your own oxygen mask on first and taking care of your older children, because I've, I've seen time and time again clients that kind of never did that. And it's never too late because they could always talk, you know, in their thirties or forties, it's never too late. That's a very, you know, important thing to note, but they're taking money out of their own retirement 
you know, either contributions or savings to help their grown children because they've never really learned to manage money. So it is, um, like, there's, there's so many great um, books, you know, for young children, and there's so many nice apps that, um, like, my children have this um, app and, like, a debit card called Go Henry. That there's many out there. Um, there's Greenlight, which also allows your children to invest um, and do budgeting. But there's all these lessons, and they're made for their age-appropriate time. And when they finish that lesson and they, you know, pass the quiz, then they get a certain amount of rewards, and then, you know, that, that in turn creates more money for them with their allowance. So it's it's a nice reward system. And like, and they're so proud, like they're talking about identity theft and banks and cause you know, a lot of kids today have never even been into a bank. I mean, it's like all digital banking. So it's a really, um, you know, it's a hard concept because it's not tangible. So um, it's definitely something that we need to make a part of it and like partnering with the financial advisor, you know, reading books, listening to podcasts. There's so many blogs out there. Um, there's almost like an abundance of information. Um, so it could be overwhelming. But um, definitely start somewhere. And I, I always say just to read something one hour each week to move yourself forward with something that you're not familiar with. And you're always learning and growing and as, as the world is changing and financial matters are changing. So, Oh, absolutely. I think I need those uh, apps. I don't have kids, but maybe for myself, that would be a good place to start. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Let's well, you and I can have a cup of coffee and I'll, uh, I always say, we'll talk about your hopes, your dreams, and your fears. And then eventually we'll talk about your money. Oh, okay. Because that is, is so important to talk about the whole picture. Is that, it... I mean, is that something you use with your clients? Mm-hmm. Yes. Which yeah. I think is, I guess I can understand that because you want to understand their full picture, right? And Absolutely. And like even talking back to like your, you know, your money story, like, can you talk about like how your parents talked about money or didn't talk about money? And like, sometimes we just take on our parents' money mindsets and we don't realize. And that was something that, you know, happened to me. It was just like, I thought a philanthropist had to be very wealthy. Like, I didn't understand that you can, you know, give blood and donate service and give small amounts of money. Um, you know, when things were starting out for us. Um, so there was some un unwiring that I had to do because it kind of becomes, you know, just part of our, part of our patterns. Absolutely. And I've said this before, cause I, I, I never want to uh, throw shade. My parents are wonderful. I love them. They've been so supportive of me, but again, that's not something we talked about in our household. Like I, I probably heard them talk about money to some degree, like paying bills, but it, you know, we're middle-class, you know, the bills got paid. So it's not like I worried about the heat or the light being shut off, but we weren't wealthy, but so we didn't have those conversations. And I had a paper out when I was 14. So mm -hmm. I got that perspective, but I mean, you know, and I would never say they should have done anything differently, but it's, you know, you, you're, we were never a household where it was like money was really talked about that much mm -hmm. and definitely Same. not something to aspire to. And it, it's, it's interesting. I had this conversation. I have this often. And again, about my past, I need to stop dwelling in that and move forward. Women do lack overall. We lack confidence, especially mm -hmm. compared to men. And it's like, you know, this joke, they'll be like, yeah, I got a year's experience. Give me a million dollars. And women will be like, well, I only have 20 years. Um, I don't mm -hmm. know if I'm what you're looking for. We do that. And I see yes. that a lot. I do that a lot. I underprice for my services. Mm -hmm. I've had this conversation with other women and mm -hmm. uh, someone I had coffee with today. And it, part of it is this region. I said, this is a I love this area. So, but I mean, every area has its flaws, but we're like a blue collar, uh, also Catholic upbringing where it's about service and guilt and, you know, I shouldn't ask too much. So for me, that's my story, but I have to stop and, and just mm -hmm. break through, but it's not easy. 
breaking mm-hmm. that mindset and saying, no, I'm worth this. It's I, a I practice. See- Yes. Yeah. It's uncomfortable. I mean, there's no question. Like our brains are wired to keep us safe and they want, our brain wants to keep us safe from all the threats around us. And that's a threat for our body. So I just had a client recently who is a solopreneur and she got a large project as a creative and she had to send a very large invoice out. And we had to do a lot of work around that to get her to send that invoice because she thought they would be like, oh, this is crazy. This is outlandish because like you said of this Northeast PA sometimes mindset but she's trying to think okay look at my my clients all over the world really and um think about the value that you put out and that you give to this world and you are you know it's just like like energy money is energy so it's like the value that we put out into the world is the value that we get back so we are worth it and like even negotiating if you're an employee i mean like there's so much around that and you know just taking care of ourselves and buying like quality things and aligning our values with our money. I mean, if you want to shop local, support women-owned businesses and maybe spend 20% more. I mean, if like when you're in alignment with your, with your money, that feels so good too. And that's a process as well. Yeah. I, I love what you're saying and it's so true. And it's, I have to stop just saying, complaining about it and just start the change, but it isn't easy, especially when you're in a position where it's like, you know, I've accrued some debt through the years and sometimes you feel like, in a hole and you have no idea how you're going to get out of it. But so it is. And then that's becomes the stressful part, you know, and then you're worrying about it and you're like, oh my gosh, which you have to live. (laughs) You know I mean? That you got the debt and you have to work it down, but you also have to live and go through the day and not feel like you're carrying a boulder on your back all day. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And like, and and that does kind of come with it. Like a lot of people say, um, and I think the reason I did like, you know, the independent route with Joy World um, was because, you know, I was able to help a lot of traditional financial planning clients but I'm able to help a lot of like, you know, young people like, you know, going through a divorce and starting over from scratch and do more of like a consulting type of agreement. Like those things weren't available to me. And I feel like, you know, that's a very important part of my business and in practice. And, and I think that um, just with the, with partnership and accountability and someone to feel safe with, that's the most important thing that you can say anything. Like I, we always laugh here that our, um, conference room and offices are like confessionals just like my associates like people leave crying and hugging like what's going on in there i'm like we're just having these breakthroughs because like we're realizing that we're worth it it's self-love it's self-care like we are value we are enough it's it's almost like a personal development course you know really in a spirituality i think spirituality is very key in this aspect too to have you know ask our higher power or whoever whatever we believe in to remove those blocks that that we're experiencing and you know stop repeating those patterns that are not serving us wow and who would think that right when you think about like i know when i left i left blue cross that was my i had a degree in journal journalism excuse me and marketing and i left in 2010 to go create you know i have left to live this business that i have and I left and I always say, I was never sorry one day that I left because that was no longer where I was happy. Plus I had just myself, I didn't have children. So it wasn't that, you know, oh no, I, I have to be, make sure I feed them. It was just me, but mm-hmm. I was never sorry a day that I left, but I was, if I had a DeLorean to go back in time, I would have had a little more training uh, about, you know, business and, and money matters that I wasn't really prepared for. So, mm-hmm. but it's interesting. I was going to say like, who would think of financial 
uh, I, you know, my money is, you know, that I had there in my 401k is now in an IRA and it's, you know, I just did the, oh, it's just in Charles Schwab. Although I think we need to talk after, after today, I think I'll be making an appointment with you, but it's, it's sitting there. I don't do anything with it. I don't mm-hmm. really know anything about it. And that's, I've taken a hands-off approach, which is probably not the best approach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's money. It's just like, you don't know what to do sometimes. I know. And like you, you, you want to take a step forward, but you just feel stuck on, on, on what's next. And I think just sitting down with somebody and kind of, you know, laying it all out there, like where you are, where you'd like to be and like, what are some steps to get you there? Um, I'm, I'm working on this, this program that I'm calling the money metamorphosis and just picture um, an egg to a, to a butterfly. Um, and that is really something that, you know, will be coming in the next six to 12 months. Um, um, I, I have two clients already signed up, which I'm really excited because I've only done it on my um, coworkers and family and myself, of course. So um, that's something that I think will be able to help a lot of people because I, I really wish I could help, you know, so many people, but I, I'm, I'm only one person until I build out um, the firm appropriately. But um, there's just so many little steps that we, you know, we need to know where to go next. And like, just like you said, you can have a hands-off approach if you want to when it comes to investing, but still be understanding, you know, what you have, why you own it you know, what's, what's your risk tolerance, what's your time horizon, like how it affects you, because sometimes people will ask their friends or their neighbors, like what they're investing in or what they are doing, but their goals can be completely different, their ages, their risk tolerance, you know, what they're trying to accomplish. So we don't really like that too. Like it's, it's definitely more customized per person. So. Yeah. It's interesting you say that because uh, there are so many examples I can think of in my life where we tend to do that. I know I have, where you ask, uh, well, who do you go to or who do you use for your this or that? And to your point, it's individualized, even with running, you know, I've been running for over 10 years and you'll read articles and it's like, well, this is what I take. You know, I, I nourish myself during a half marathon with goo or do this. You, everybody has to learn their way. Uh, what yes. is their goal? Are they a competitive runner or are they just happy to complete the miles and don't worry about what that guy's doing or that gal's doing, you know, experience that I respect, but you'll still get two completely different answers. And it's like, oh boy, now I'm even more confused. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, it, and it does help to, you know, to have a referral. Like, you know, if you went to a great restaurant, you're going to tell your friends, if you went to get to a salon that you really liked or a great therapist. Um, so like even financial advising, but it's good to interview different people to see, are they a good fit for you and your situation? And maybe they are a good fit for that friend, like you said, that you know, like, and trust, but it's just not the right one for you. Yeah. And it, it's, it's just such a different way to think of finances. And I, that's mm-hmm. why I love we're having this conversation because, you know, years past or even growing up a mindset of like finances, you, you never think of it as part of wellness, part of yeah. your whole big picture of life and joy and how you get to experience that. Yeah. It's, it's mm-hmm. so important. I love the approach that you've taken with this. Thank you so much. I really do believe it's it's the future because, you know, psychology is so intertwined with money and our mindset. And, you know, I am the first one to say, like, I have my own financial advisor because money situations are emotional and somebody else can see my situation very clearly and I can see others very clearly. So it's really important to, you know, have that person like you want a coach who has a coach, right? You want a trainer who has a trainer. Um, so it's important to really, you know, look in the mirror and make sure you're being, you know, you're walking the walk too, and not just um, telling others what you think is best for them. So I, I was going to say, and I think we've talked about it a little bit, but like, obviously like you having this psychology background, again, someone else or years ago, we might think, well, how does that go into money? But now listening to you talk, obviously that serves you very well. 
uh, mm-hmm. understanding people and their needs and then being able to advise them appropriately or in a way that suits them best. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. I, I think there's so much in my degrees in journalism and I have a master's in communications, but as I was you know, teaching, I taught part-time at King's College and as I would pull up different articles that I would want the students to read, I feel that psychology is so much involved in in marketing as well. I mean, the reasons why people buy things, the reasons why people respond to things on social media, usually it's emotion. And that's tough because as someone who like, I'm a content creator, I get frustrated at times because not everything's going to be like a big emotion draws you in, but is there substance, you know, and there's so much, uh, but, but as you're saying, it's the emotion that comes up with that, you know, when we're making purchases or, you know, what's involved with that. It it really is fascinating, honestly, how much emotion is involved behind decisions. And, and then we need the rationale too. We need to be able to balance that. Yes, exactly. Well, I think that's fantastic. And I'm, I'm excited uh, to watch what you've got coming up. Yes. I'm excited. We have our, yeah, like our health and wellness um, series starting in in March. So we are going to be putting that out on social media and our website, um, we have a nutritionist, um, a personal trainer, and um, talking about self-love, you know, through financial flow. So l- really looking forward to to that partnership and and moving forward to to give people what they're looking for in a community. And I that that's all we're trying to create is um, you know change for people that want to change and a community that feels safe. And um, you know we we all rise together. That's wonderful for people to to follow. And again, I don't know is that series open to the public or is it just for the clients yes. that you have? It will okay. be. Um, it'll be open to the public. Um, it'll be posted. I'm, I'm blanking on the date. I know it's, I think it's March 22nd. Yep. It's Friday, March 22nd at 5.30 at Joy World Wealth Partners. And we will be posting the details um, and the speakers and their bios um, on our Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And our website is planwithjoyworld.com. And we're really looking forward to helping, helping more people find peace, joy, and ease with their financial situation and really changing lives and making a difference. That's wonderful. Well, I want to thank you so much for your time today, Megan. Is there anything, excuse me, I think I asked all the questions. Uh, Oh, the only other question I didn't ask, which I did have on my list originally, was that how do you like being your own boss? Yeah. That's the question I wanted to ask. That's a great question because, you know, at my previous firm, we were intrapreneurs, right? So we were running our own business under an umbrella. Um, so being a business owner, it is so challenging. I, um, but it's, it's a good thing because your mind never rests, as you know. Um, you're thinking about so many facets um, of the business, but it's so rewarding and so fulfilling. Um, it's stressful, I'm not going to lie, but I feel like the good stress over the bad stress, I'll take it any day. And I really have a wonderful team here at Joy World that we all share in the same vision and mission and it's like coming to work with, you know, with your friends and, and family and my little family support has been incredible. Everybody feels like they have a part in the industry, um, in the business. And um, like, we're really trying to just to give back to the community in so many different ways and hosting first Fridays and blood drives and educational events and just being a part of the downtown community is so, it's just so rewarding. And, um, you know, we, we will be doing more, um, you know, more, more in the future. And we're just so excited about you know, where joy world, um, will go. Cause we're, we're about seven months strong. So we'll see how things go, but they've been going really well so far. So we're very blessed. And I'm sure it must have special meaning too, that you're doing it back home in your hometown. 
It really does. It really does. Just to be back, you know, I got, we've, we've been back in the area for, you know, a number of years, but to really, and then, and then to show my, to, to show my children and other, you know, other women and other, um, you know, young adults that you don't have to settle and you have choices and, you know, with proper planning and, you know, faith and a great team, anything is possible and it's not going to be easy, but it's going to be worth it. That's a wonderful message. Yeah. Is there anything in closing that we didn't talk about or uh, a message or something that you just really wanted to say that you just didn't have the opportunity to say yet? I just think I always go back to my, one of my favorite quotes by the late and great Maya Angelou. And it's, you know, when you know better, you do better. And I think it's really important for us to not let shame or fear or guilt hold us back from living our very best lives because we want to live our best lives possible with the resources that we have. And, you know, give back where we want to give back and support what we want to support. It's like our money is a prayer for what we want to see more of in the world. So I think that we should look at it differently than um, sometimes we see or read about. That's, that's great. Yeah. And of course, who, who better to quote than Maya Angelou? She's, you know, I always think of her other quote too. People may forget what you, what you do, or what you say, but they'll never forget how you made them feel, uh, yes. which is, yeah, I mean, so true. So true. Yes. That one was on my, um, my old office back at my old, my old firm. That's my absolute favorite. Cause it really is so true when you feel connected and trusted and heard and seen. I mean, that's all we're looking for, right? In this life is just connection and community and um, trust and support. Yeah. Well, and I want to say uh, what I remembered that day after donating blood, how you made me feel that you were warm <laughs> and honestly, and it was like, of course I'm sitting there blathering around about what I do. And I'm like, Ooh, I love talking about myself. You kidding? Um, but I mean, you were so like, kind and to like lead me back and then to talk to me and I just felt good. I felt warm connection. So I appreciate it. That, that oh, thank you. And I'm so excited for our upcoming events with uh, laughter yoga and we'll be continuing to work together. And I would love to have you come in for a cup of coffee and help you in any way I can. I appreciate that. I really do. That's wonderful. And I love, I love the vibe. I love everything that you're about with positivity because we need more of that in this world and to have it actually in a business, I think is fantastic. And in the community of Scranton makes me feel happy. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It was a delight. Thank you. Well, I will put information in the show notes um, so that folks can find uh, Joy World Wealth Partners, find you on Instagram, you said, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, the website to make sure that you can check it out and watch for the upcoming events in March and going forward. There sounds like you're going to have a lot going on, which is fantastic. So everybody out there in Northeast PA, or if you're visiting, come check it out. Um, and I would like to say, you know, I'm drawing a blank, but I've got some great guests lined up. I have Lynn coming up from now and Zen. She's a, a running coach. She's a, she's also opened up a business, uh, vegan. Uh, I know she has soups and she's opened that up in Northeastern Pennsylvania. She's going to be a guest coming up. Uh, I'm also going to be talking to uh, someone in April because it's autism awareness month. So I'll have a woman talking about, uh, you know, her own situation, her own life and how she's helping others with her nonprofit. So as always fascinating, fantastic women every week that have something to share to inspire, inform. And sometimes we have a little entertainment as well. So uh, check out the show notes for the information <clears throat> that we talked about today and also check out the show notes. I do put in there a link to my buy me a coffee. If 
if you'd like to help support this podcast with a monetary uh, investment, you can give me five bucks. You can give me a thousand dollars. Hey, why not go for a million? I say that jokingly, but if you have something to invest and you want to help support that, and also keep in mind, if you don't have that money, do not worry because you can support in other ways by sharing this podcast. Uh, tell a friend, tell a foe, tell anyone you know, put it on your social media, write a review or a testimonial. It means so much because we're not all Joe Rogan. We don't all have that kind of uh, background and support. <laughs> Us little guys and gals need your help too. And we greatly appreciate it. And as I always say, I appreciate you from the bottom of my heart and the bottom of my wine glass.